Hello and welcome to The Nerd Degree. It's me, Brendan, with just a little bit of a preamble. Um, the episode that you are listening to right now is our International Women's Day special, A Vindication of the Rights of Nerdy Women. We recorded this episode on the 10th of March here in Christchurch and um, as I'm, I'm sure you know, between the time of us recording this and, um, and now um, something uh, truly horrible happened here in Christchurch um, which we are all still trying to process um, if like me you feel like you want to do something um, one thing that you can do is uh, donate to support the victims um, so I'll name a couple of places where you can go and do that uh, if you go to givealittle.co.nz and look for the page victim support official page Christchurch Shooting Victims Fund, uh, you can donate there. Or if you go to launchgood.com and go to United for Christchurch Mosque Shootings, um, that is uh, another place where you can uh, donate to support people who were uh, affected by this um, tragedy. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to know what to say. I, I would like to say thank you to the nerds on the panel and the audience um, at the show on on the tenth. I um, l- listening back to this episode as I edited it. I really appreciated um, having a laugh, and and I hope you will too. Um, I'm not sure when the nerd degree will be back, um, but we hopefully we, hopefully we'll be back soon. Um, I'm conscious that this is the worst possible intro for a um, for a comedy show, um, so I apologise for that, um, and please enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Nerd Degree. Uh, I am Brendan Bennett, your moderator for this evening. And tonight we are celebrating International Women's Day. We have some nerdy nerds here who are going to be <laughs> talking about women. That is, a, that is the, one of the great mysteries that have plagued scientists throughout, throughout history. No, I have evidence. We're going to come back to that. Um, so uh, let's meet our panel of nerds. Uh, if you could introduce yourself and just maybe share with the audience how you are celebrating International Women's Day. Uh, kia ora tato. My name is Erin Harrington. I'm an academic. Um, I've been doing two things to celebrate International Women's Day. One is buying stockings because um, <laughs> I'm going away and have to look presentable. And the second is I've been Googling myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> question and that question is do porn stars google themselves and if they do what is the result yeah okay sorry okay i'm going into incognito mode <laughs> uh the, re- the reason i've been um googling myself is that <laughs> is that um as an academic i have to prove my worth uh to my employers and various other people and demonstrate that my research has impact 
which uh, sounds a lot more violent than it is actually. It's sad and slow and involves a lot of crying at two in the morning. But so what I was doing was trying to find out if anybody has been citing any of my work recently. And I found someone, and it's a really wonderful someone. So I um, write about women in horror film and various other things. And the best citation I found was a person in Malaysia who was giving a conference presentation in South Korea about the Demogorgon and Stranger Things. And they cited my book. So I felt really good! And feeling really good is what happens when you Google it. <laughs> uh, so my quick research reveals that, well, I don't have an answer to Karen's exact question, but um, I, they do Google each other. Uh, and again, it's not clear whether that's a euphemism. <laughs> Hello, kia ora. my name is Raya Shipley. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a librarian and a comedian. Um, believe it or not, <laughs> with a voice like this. Um, I don't know why I've been putting on that voice, actually. Uh, I'll talk like my normal self. Um, uh, I celebrated International Women's Day. Um, I'm just I'm visiting Christchurch currently from um, from Auckland, so I um, spent it uh, hanging out with my mum, um, who's, a, who's a real cool lady, um, but also quite intense. Uh, so we had, a, we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could hear the quotation marks. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, kia ora, I'm Karen Healy, an author and a teacher, and I celebrated International Women's Day across a couple of um, time zones because my best friend uh, lives in the States, and I wrote her some um, Thor and Loki fanfic, which I feel was very feminist of me. Um, and I also spent about three hours looking at makeup tutorials before I came up with this Captain Marvel-esque look. But this jacket's too hot, so I'm taking it off. You're right, it's way too hot up here. Mm. <sighs> okay, thank you, Karen. <laughs> way too hot up way here. Way too hot up here. Um, uh, kia ora, my name's Mawata. I'm also a librarian. Um, and I celebrated International Women's Day by um, doing every fucking thing. Because that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Working, childcare, housework, uh, comedy, comedy panel show. That's not that's not the typical thing, but you know. No, usually um, there's only one of us. And also the other thing is that um, my uterus timed it perfectly, and it's just Marie condoing the shit out of that <laughs> right now. So, <laughs> Uterine lining was not sparking joy. <laughs> does it ever? And again, I guess it does. Sometimes so. it grows babies, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Martha. <laughs> uh, kia ora, my name's Emma Kasdan. Um, I'm a thespian. Um, and I suppose a comedian sometimes. Um, I spent International uh, Women's Day, um, true story, Buying a PlayStation 4 <laughs> with Crash Bandicoot. Yeah! <laughs> Literally went into the shop today and just was like, I don't care how you do it, but I need to play Crash Bandicoot today. And um, <laughs> that's how that happened. And then I drank and played Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> so I think that was the best International Women's Day I've ever had. Actually. Yeah, feeling yeah, really, really good. And also the perfect preparation for being on a panel show. I know. Just, <laughs> I slept as well afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so the Brenda, 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 what did you do for International Women's Day? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, like like every day, I, I smash the patriarchy. Hey. No, 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 sorry, sorry. I smashed avocado on toast. <laughs> now, uh, the format for tonight. Uh, I have asked all of our panelists to prepare some uh, presentations and challenges. Uh, I will be gathering up the scores, and at the end of the show, there will be a winner declared, and they will win this amazing prize. It is a Bic for her. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> uh, made famous by Sweden's Museum of Failure. Uh, the Bic for her, for her. It's a blue pen, uh, despite being uh, pink. And uh, yes, it's designed specifically for... For tiny, delicate hands. How yeah. are you even able to hold it yeah. with your strong man pose? I have to be careful. <laughs> I have to be so careful that I don't just crush it. <laughs> anyway, so that is that is the uh, that is the prize that we are going to be paying for. I love the attention to floral detail, and and they've gone like. It's on the grip of the pen uh, and the decorative part of the pen, but also on the silvery tip, which oh. that is real attention to detail, <laughs> which as a for her, I feel very, <laughs> very good about. Yeah, the kind of the worst part about it is it's actually a really nice pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been using it for a while. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I haven't. I haven't. It's brand new. Um, all right. Uh, so for the first round, Ray. Have yes. you got something for the nerds? Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> hello. Um, so uh, I've got a, a wee challenge um, called the, the Smurfette Challenge. Um, <laughs> got other names for it. I wrote down. For some reason, I, I wrote Smurfters are doing it for themselves, which I thought was. A... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was quite funny, but um, I've changed my mind about it now. Uh, so, <laughs> so do you guys know? Uh, oh, sorry, uh, do you do you folk know um, about the the Smurfette principle, like that? Um, so like it's kind of like the practice of including like one female character and otherwise like all entirely male ensemble. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, so basically the game here is that if you got you got bells, um, so you just I'm gonna say a thing and then you're gonna you're gonna chime in with like the the one female character. Interesting. So uh, so we'll just practice like the Smurfs. Smurfette. Well done. Okay. Um, you don't get a point for that, though. Um, <laughs> a, a lot of them are quite easy, I think. I don't know. We'll, let's see. Okay. Um, right, so... Um, okay. Um, uh, the Muppet Show. Ding. Oh, <laughs> I don't Aaron, know about. Aaron. Um, Miss Piggy. Yeah, Miss Piggy. Good. Erin gets but, one but, point. But there's also other girls. Can I have a point for actually like dinging the bell? Camilla the chicken. <laughs> yeah, they... Yeah. Yeah. Not a speaking role, though. No. <laughs> okay, so the Muppet Show doesn't doesn't count then, um, but you still get the point. Um, okay, um, uh, the Big Bang Theory. Oh, Gross, oh. I know. Well, that's penny. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna give you half a point if you just said the house. girl across the hall. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you named her. Well done. That sounds like a true crime thriller. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the girl with the high pitch that he, that one of them gets married to, right? Well, yeah, and the actual Bernadette. scientist. Yeah, Miam, 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 but they're like secondary. Yeah, they yeah. end up like adding more characters, but all of them are love interests, yeah. right? Yeah, like, and all yeah. of them just get paired off. Yeah. Like, yeah, So I don't know if that counts. Yeah, good call. 
Mm. Um, I, I can count. Okay, so okay. there's more than one. Okay, it doesn't can make the point? Smurfette friends. <laughs> um, Smurfette and Smurfette's friend. <laughs> <laughs> Smurfette's hot friend. Yeah. <laughs> it also made me think because I've I obviously not watched much of the Big Bang Theory, but um, it, like <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, you have. Thank you. Um, but like, uh, I I don't like I, I was trying to like think what was her, her personality in that show other Long. than just like woman like, <laughs> anyway um, okay here's another um, okay, the, the hitchhiker's guy to the galaxy oh, what's her name <laughs> um, <laughs> the audience gets that one Trillian, Trillian yeah yeah um, do you know Douglas Adams was like challenged on this um, and he was asked in an interview and he said that he wasn't comfortable writing female characters because he didn't understand women <laughs> he just said that in an interview like um, I didn't put any in there because they made me kind of they made me kind of freaky um, but he understood depressed robots and, right. and, yes. and aliens yeah, yeah. okay good <laughs> um, uh, Fight Club Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, what's the character? Marla. Marla, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Marla singer. Um, good. I've got no facts about that one. That's a movie where the main guy is twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's still <laughs> one woman. <laughs> um, Ghostbusters. The librarian. She's not. She's not, she's not a librarian. It's she's Annie the receptionist. Potts. But the name of the actress. Yeah, yeah, she, did, she was named in the film. Yeah, was she? Amazing New York accent just kind of like... Well. Mm-hmm. No, this is right. This has gone out of control. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's the ghost at the start. What I'd, like to say, what I'd like to say is Ghostbusters doesn't meet this. Uh, so let's ignore that. Um, <laughs> right, Star Wars, the original trilogy. Wait, which one? <laughs> I got excited. You said Star Wars. Emma gets minus a point. Oh! <laughs> uh, Princess Leia. Yes. And then in the first that. trilogy that was not the original one, Padme and Madala. Yes. Um, yeah, but I was just asking about the I don't. I don't know Star Wars very well. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, so you've, sorry. you've totally forgotten about Mon Mothma. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, so so here I've written I've written because I, I wrote myself little talking points with facts, and so it says that like actually just Leia is not quite accurate because someone added up the screen time of female <laughs> characters talking who weren't Leia across the entire original trilogy, and it equaled sixty three seconds. Yep. Shall I do? Shall I do? Uh, what? Like this one's this one's only funny if you know New Zealand comedy. Uh, it's seven days. One point. Yeah, it's not entirely fair because there are other. But I've always noticed in those shows that like, even when they do have more than one, like same with like QI and Mock the Week and all of that, like even if they've got more than one female, it's all, it's only ever one per team. Yeah. Mm. Like if you had too many of them, the oh, don't put them together. <laughs> They'll just like, talk handbags. <laughs> and, oh, look, they won't do their jobs. <laughs> Start knitting things. Bring out the crochet. <laughs> um, oh, shall I just do one more? Is that alright? Sure. Okay. Uh, the Hobbit. <laughs> Rosie, can't remember her last name, but she later became Rosie Gamgee. Are you thinking of Lord of the Rings? I am thinking of Lord of the Rings. Liv Tyler! No! <laughs> <laughs> no, the elf with the, the woman from last... No! 
movie Hold that on. I'm in. Hold on, Emma. Think back, think back to the cafeteria tent. Okay. Who's in line? I'm casting my... Who's in line? Serena McKellen, we like the same food. I literally don't know. Evangeline Lilly. Who? Evangeline Lilly? That's the, yes, that that's is the, the actress. That, that's the actress. So it was a trick question because yeah. in the oh, book, there are apparently TV. there's zero women. Yeah. <laughs> um, ex- oh, no, Bilbo's mother is mentioned in passing. <laughs> <laughs> but then for the Hobbit, the films, they added, a, like, they just invented an elf who yep. was a lady oh, so that funny. there would be one prominent woman in the story. Yeah, I've literally never watched it, but I was a scale <laughs> double in those films. And um, interestingly, all of the male uh, dwarves were mostly doubled by women. We had a great old time in the uh, the tent, but I did think about that. Like, we might be the only women that <laughs> <laughs> And then I just didn't bother to watch the films. I judged them anyway. <laughs> Terrible. No, amazing. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you, if Peter Jackson is listening to this. PJ, I love you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings you to the end of the round. <laughs> All right. Well, Mwata, you've taken an early lead with, uh, with this. So, you know, sure. everyone else you got to make it up. Karen, here is your chance. Mm. Uh, so you have prepared a presentation for the room. I do. I did some on, homework. On the subject of women. Yeah. It was a little broad. So yeah. I thought about... It <laughs> wasn't even on purpose. Ooh. Just accidental pun. Um, okay, so I like a lot of stuff. I like ladies. I like space. I like Star Trek. Uh, so here's the thing I did. As a girl growing up in Chicago in the 60s, May always assumed that she would go into space. She figured becoming an astronaut would be easier than waiting for ET to come and pick her up. In kindergarten, the teacher asked what she wanted to be, and May said she was going to be a scientist. And the teacher said, Wouldn't you rather be a nurse? And May was like, eh, Nursing's fine, but I'm going to be a scientist or a professional dancer. Uh, so she decided on being the scientist because, as her as her mother put it, you can always be a doctor who dances, but it's hard to be a dancer who doctors. <laughs> so she went to Stanford University in 1973, aged 16. She graduated in 1977 with a Bachelor of Science in Chemical Engineering and having also fulfilled the requirements for a BA in choreography. <laughs> While she was there, she also choreographed uh, choreographed a musical and dance production called Out of the Shadows, and she was head of the Black Students' Union. She went to medical school at Cornell and got her MD. She joined the Peace Corps. She worked for the CDC, and then she applied for the space program. And in 1992, Dr. Mae Jemison became the first African-American woman in space. Here's the nerd history part. Dr. Jemison assumed that she would go into space because she saw a black woman in space on her TV, Lieutenant Yota Uhura of the USS Enterprise. Nichelle Nichols was there for her to see. She stayed in the show despite some um, struggle uh, because Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. told her how inspiring it was for him and his daughters to see a black woman assured and confident on the Starship Bridge as a natural part of the future. Now, there isn't a lot of time for me to tell you all of the stuff that Dr. Jemison did when she came back, but I'm going to mention the 
I can't remember if it was eight or nine honorary doctorates. I guess you lose track after a while <laughs> in both the humanities and in science. Um, but in 1993, she appeared as Lieutenant Palmer in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. And on our screens right now, Sinequa Martin-Green plays Commander by Michael Burnham of the USS Discovery with a hairstyle very similar to that of Dr. Jemison when she made her historic flight. And she is the first African-American woman to play a Star Trek lead. And I look at her on screen being amazing and I wonder who is watching her. Nerd history is real history and nerd progress is real progress, which is why uh, those of us here fight really hard for it. Women of the past support the women of, the, of today. And we can't know who's going to stand upon our shoulders eventually, but it's my hope that we will help them reach for the stars. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to give that points equal to the percentage of astronauts who have been women. <laughs> so how many points do you think you get? I'm going to go with maybe two. You get 11 points. Oh, good oh. for me and women. Yay. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, actually, on that subject, I have, uh, I have prepared some questions on the subject of women in space. Oh, cool. Mm. Um, so... First of all, uh, this just came up in the news today. On March 29th of this year, uh, there will be a first for NASA. Does anyone know what it is? <laughs> no, but I'll guess. Go for it. Um, the first all-female crew flight? You're, you're very close. Uh, so it will be the first all-woman spacewalk. Ooh. 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 Nice. Um, so uh, NASA astronauts Anne McLean mm. and Christina Cox will uh, be doing the, the... There's been women who have done spacewalks before, but never uh, only women. Cool. Okay, so uh, going back a little bit further, um, does anyone know who Sally Ride is? Yes. Okay, so she was... <laughs> great. She was the... The first American woman in space. That's right, right. Yeah. Um, when the engineers were preparing for her to go into space, how many tampons did they estimate was Hundreds. necessary? Yeah. I rang the bell. But I <laughs> shouted. <laughs> I read about Did it they? on the internet, but I forgot. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes so they had prepared um, 100 tampons for her, tied together with the strings like a, a series of sausages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's like Isn't that how you do it? <laughs> So here's a. Seeing <laughs> <laughs> that all play out in my head. Lasso. Um, That's what the lasso of truth is actually. Made of. <laughs> uh, so here's how she described it. The engineers asked, "Right, uh, is 100 the right number? Um, she would be in space for a week." Um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, makes me so happy. She, <laughs> she replied. That would not be the right number. <laughs> and the engineer replied, we just want to be safe. <laughs> That's classic like so engineer thinking. I've got to build some redundancy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But didn't she also get asked a bunch about what makeup she was going to be using in space? They made a makeup yeah, made a for her. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they did. Uh, they had to test all of the powders and things so they wouldn't like clog, clog up the filtration systems. Well, that's a good use of NASA time. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> um, so yeah, Sally Ride didn't take it, but some of the other uh, female astronauts did uh, <laughs> use the uh, the makeup kit. Um, not the string of tampons. <laughs> I mean, but imagine if there was some, you know, like oh, problem imagining. problem in space, and yeah, <laughs> we need a long string of something. I was thinking about it because uh, you know a lot of people use tampons for nosebleeds, and they're actually really good for that. Like, like imagine wounds. if somebody was actually like fatally wounded, and they were trying to, and the blood was like you know bubbling through the air, and they were like, "What are we going to do?" Get and the they just got the string of tampons and just wrapped the body in it. Yeah, you know? or if they come across an alien that's made entirely of blue liquid. They've captured it. It's Kim Chang. Is that the abyss? Okay, where were we? Oh yes, yeah, so um so Sally Ride was the third woman uh, in space. Mm-hmm. The first woman in space was, of course, uh, Valentina Tereshkova, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, went into space 20 years before her in 1963. Um, she took part in a ritual that all uh, cosmonauts do before uh, going into space. Does anyone know what it is? Is it peeing on the snow? Sorry? Is it peeing on the you're, snow? You're really close. It was, a, <laughs> it was a tradition set by uh, Yuri Gagarin um, that you, he would always... All, all cosmonauts urinate on the tire of the bus that brought them to the... Uh... Great. <laughs> Did she have a she <laughs> Did, <laughs> Did she bust out her she-wee? Yeah. Well, I... Th- so they, they, the NASA engineers were, like, jumping topic slightly. We're trying to kind of basically invent the she-wee for, ah. um, for the female astronauts, but they went with something else instead. A funnel? Nappies. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's nowhere near as fun. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. But they do come in lovely pink colours with flowers and various other things. Oh, yeah, that's good, because I don't let anything else touch my body. <laughs> we don't like urinate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so one more question on the subject of women in space. In 1973, science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke uh, predicted the biggest danger that women would present in space. Oh, I know this one. <laughs> yes, Karen. Oh, God. There's like this this book won a Hugo Award yeah. and a um, nebula and a nebula R- and with Rama yeah yeah um, he's like the the biggest danger in space speaking through the character his main character is that gravity the lack of gravity does incredible things to the busty air region <laughs> and women breast boobily through the space cabin and all the men <laughs> are, are called from their their work and he says at least. It's the guy's theory that at least one serious accident in space has been caused by a well-upholstered woman. <laughs> well-upholstered. Yeah, you've got, that, you've got that quote pretty much bang on, yes. Um, it's more than any warm-blooded male should be asked to take. Wow. <laughs> um, that's, but, you know, that, that was... Uh, that was Born out in uh, in Star Wars as well. Wasn't That's it? right. Mm. Yeah. Um, when uh, Carrie Fisher wasn't allowed to wear a bra because George Lucas was under the belief that in space, um, if you wore a bra, Body would explode? No, no, no. It would, it would rise up and strangle you. Ah, which is why Carrie Fisher's tombstone reads, according to her wishes, here lies Carrie Fisher, strangled in moonlight by her own bra. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Um, all right, well, that brings us to the end of the Women in Space round. Um, Karen is way in the lead. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see uh, if we can if we can get people... Erin, do, do you have a challenge for the I, panel? I sure do. Um, those of you who are not men in the audience, um, can you, like, either put your hand up or maybe make some noise if you have been mansplained at... I was hoping for a. Uh, Erin, no, <laughs> I think you'll find it's man's blame too, not at. Brandon! Stab him with the bit for her. Well, that's alright because this um, this round is all about us femsplaining uh, at Brendan. So. Uh, there have been two, I was thinking about this because there have been two quote-unquote glorious incidents of mansplaining that have made the news in recent weeks. Mm -hmm. um, one was a, um, a male academic who took umbrage at the fact that a Guardian article oh, yeah. had titled, um, sorry, hang on, that a Guardian article that was writing about a new um, sort of art installation ex exhibit about uh, pictures of vulvas uh, was titled Me and My Vulva, and he went, that's not the right word, it's vagina. And then um, he was told, mm -hmm. and then he doubled down, and he doubled down, and he doubled down so hard he got to the core of the earth. <laughs> and he still kept going. Um, and there are some, if, if you're interested in kind of, you know, internet schadenfreude, you can see the tweets between... Um, this guy and a female gynaecologist who is explaining to him how, how this anatomy works and he's like Rrr. and then dictionary.com wades in <laughs> with a well actually um, and then I saw later that he still wrote this the equivalent of like a, a 10,000 word research paper oh, mm -hmm. that he put up online just to kind of anyway um, it was glorious uh, and the other one was um, a few days ago a, um, a man uh, I don't want to smear all men in the audience with the, the awfulness of this this one kind of guy, because he was awful, who decided that uh, people who menstruate were complaining far too much about the fact that um, sanitary products, menstrual products, uh, can be actually really expensive and prohibitively expensive and so on. And so he did some calculations. <laughs> and he, he decided somehow that... Um, he could work out the millage, is that how you'd say? Like 10 to 35 mils worth yeah. of lady goop, which could be sucked up by uh, tampons that would take up something. And, um, yeah, he's a dick. He came on it. 100 per week, right? Yeah. <laughs> 100 per year. Yeah, so was he, what he came to. So he yeah. said, it's only going to cost you 20 pounds or thereabouts. So stop. And he said something to the um, extent of stop the whining bitches. Um, and he was a bad person. So <laughs> he also estimated that we had uh, nine a year. Yes, that's yeah. right. He's like, if, if, nine menstrual cycles. If you have, year. you need seven tampons a, a period. Which, by the way, yeah, <laughs> seven tampons a period. Um, times nine is whatever. And everyone's like, what do you think happens in the other three months? <laughs> or actually, it's a lunar calendar. So the other... Anyway, so, so the world is full of mansplaining. Those are two great slash terrible examples. So I thought we could femsplain. Yeah. Um, so what I've done is I have found four things that I think Brendan, as a cis male, has more um, personal expertise than the rest of us on the panel. Um, and I'd like him to start explaining these things, which actually he's really in his, um, you know, right to do. And, uh, <laughs> and in each instance, uh, one of my fellow panellists is going to femsplain it back to <laughs> So, um, let's start with, let's start with, 
Brendan, can you tell us about beards? <laughs> sure, okay. Um, well, beards are, uh, you know, the hair, hair that grow on your face. Brendan, uh, I'll just stop you there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you've seen the latest research, um, but actually uh, beards, beards are a collection of hair. Um, I don't know if you got that word quite correct. Um, that um, grows on, on not just the chin, uh, but the but the upper lip as well, and uh, and sometimes mm. sometimes on, on 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 the cheeks and neck of humans and some non-human animals. <laughs> yes. Um, Are you reading from Wikipedia, Ray? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're an thank expert. Thank you. And now I am an expert. Okay. Um, okay thank you. <laughs> Brendan, could you please explain um, to the best of your abilities, being a dad. Being a dad. Yeah. Okay, well, this is, uh, you know, I, I have, a, I have a, a four-month-old daughter, so, um, you know, it's been a real learning experience for me. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess if I was going to kind of sum up the experience... Uh, actually, just before you don't go <laughs> much further, um, Brendan, I just wanted to... Uh, I don't know if you know, um, the parent... Like, parent being a dad, that's like the male yeah, I, parent traditionally yeah. of a family, and um, it's 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 like um it's like babysitting, oh. but it's like <laughs> more permanent. <laughs> <laughs> and oh 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 oh, there's, oh there's these videos this guy does um called How Dad. Have you seen those? You no, should you I, know you should watch them. Mm, you okay. should yeah watch all of them. So then okay. you'll know like how dad like there's stuff about like how you hold. The, like you have to hold the baby. Do you, do you hold? The, do you <laughs> yeah. hold the baby? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you should do that. Are you sure you do it different right? ways. You can hold them different ways. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He knows all about. It. He's just. Um, he's on Facebook. Yeah. Do okay. that. Okay. Cool. I'll, yeah. I'll just uh, email yeah. me the link. Yeah. yeah. I will. I will. You're being. You're being yeah, very you gracious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like you to explain to us uh, about going to an all boys school. Okay, so I went to an all-boys school. Uh, Brendan. <laughs> I actually went to an all-girls school, so of course my experience is a universal one. So I think I can I can explain, you know, yeah, what, I, what going to an all-boys school I, is Yeah, like. I went to Shirley Boys, so I... Yeah, well, I went to Itaki Girls, so, you know, basically the same thing. Um, so, you know, it's like you you have, like, your friend group at the start of the year and they're absolutely vital to you and you spend all your time, like, side-eyeing the girls and the other the friend groups. <laughs> There's no girls. Oh, right, the school, boys. The point. Don't argue with my terminology. My ideas are solid. <laughs> boy period time kicks in you all like make your way to the single toilet that has the one receptacle for your boy period products yeah, yeah. What, what do they look what do they what do, what do they look like uh, sorry Brendan nobody asks your opinion actually <laughs> Let Karen talk. I think I think I think you're well aware of what I mean, Brendan. You're just getting very picky about the detail. <laughs> the semantics. I think he's getting a bit emotional. I know. <laughs> I'm not getting emotional. I'm very rational and logical about this. And if you can't handle a bit of discourse, maybe you shouldn't make statements in public. Oh. Oh. 
How many more do I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> our, our final, our final topic um, is male puberty. Male puberty. <laughs> okay, uh, it's a, uh, male puberty. It's a, di- it's a difficult time. I'm going to cut it there, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficult time. Sure. When the fairies creep into your brain and they tell you sexy thoughts and you get your boy period in your sheets at night and then you've got to wash the sheets so mum doesn't find out. I know all this about is, it. This and is you're, in, so far. you're in public and, and you see something that's not sexy at all but it gives you an erection. I know all about it. You Obviously. Can, you, you, no, no. I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need your input. Um, it's a very confusing time. It makes you question life. It makes you question what you're into. Um, I know I'm getting it right. I don't need your confirmation. <laughs> Thank you. And then suddenly the fairies go, have have facial hair and hair in your pants. And, and then they just fly away to the next young unsuspecting boy. There's research, Brendan. <laughs> Look Studies it up. have shown. There's going to be a new Netflix documentary about it. <laughs> Was that good enough? Yeah. Now panellists. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have to assign points somehow. I'd, I'd like you to assign the points based on the level of shame that you felt <laughs> in each encounter. So, so more shame equals better points. Okay. Well, um, in this instance, we trust your opinion. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I think I'm going to have to give uh, the maximum points to Emma then. Um, just, for the, just for the flashbacks. For revealing the secrets. <laughs> Um, okay, yep, so, and then, um, yep, Moata, yep, okay, eight points, and, um, six points, and five points, okay, great, thank you, uh, thank you for, that was highly informative, um, Emma, uh, you're on a roll. Oh, thanks. <laughs> what, what kind? What, uh, you've prepared, uh, something to oh. talk about to, to the audience. Yeah, great. Oh, I'm excited. I was actually really excited to be um, invited to speak as part of um, International Women's Day. And I was thinking about my favourite um, female of all time. And I said to Brendan, I'm going to talk about my favourite female. And he said, no, you can't because you always talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the colossal squid at Tapapa. <laughs> She's my favourite female of all time. So if you want to know more about the colossal squid, Brendan won't let me talk about it in the show. You can listen to, can listen to one of our previous podcasts. <laughs> or just talk to me in the foyer afterwards. Uh, no, so I was thinking, okay, I can't talk about the colossal squid. But I, um, I can delve back into uh, my uh, history and my experiences, my life as, as a young woman. And I really thought about the uh, shape of my life, where I've ended up and what I ended up pursuing. And um, as I said at the beginning, I'm a thespian, I'm an actor. And um, so um, I was really thinking about what famous and skilled actors have I admired in my life that I think may have influenced me. And, you know, I thought about all, you know, the classic ones that we all know and love, you know. Helen Mirren, you know, uh, Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lopez, you know the ones. We all know them. <laughs> we all love them. We all respect their work, right? <coughs> it's, yes. That's one of my funnier jokes, actually. Um, <laughs> 
Um, but when I look at my career and what I've achieved as an actor in my life, um, I think back to, um, you know, I was in the Laramie Project. I played Rulon Stacy and Doc O'Connor. As Brendan alluded to earlier, I was in the Hobbit films. I was a scale double for Oin the Dwarf. Um, uh, this is my great secret shame was that I was actually the voice and operator of Red the Mailbot on the children's television show What Now for two and a half years. Um, it was a male robot who read all the kids' mail and picked a red hot letter of the week. Um, and I'm probably more uh, commonly known as the uh, famous uh, human fighter belt um, on Dungeons and Comedians at the moment. And made me realise that I've spent a lot of my career playing a man. And then I'm actually obsessed with women playing men. It's like one of my favourite things. And when I trace it back, I realise that it's all to do with Nancy Cartwright, who is, of course, the voice of Bart Simpson. Um, and so I uh, researched her career a bit more because I've always admired her. And um, I, re I mean, my favourite thing about Nancy Cartwright is she was kind of a nobody. She wanted to be a voice actor. And uh, when she auditioned for The Simpsons, which back then was actually going to be a segment as part of a bigger show, she had no idea what, how it was going to explode and become this massive thing. And she went to audition and she'd been suggested for the part of Lisa. And she said she read the character brief and it said, Lisa, the middle child, the <laughs> oldest daughter. And then when she read the character description for Bart, it was just far more interesting and more fun. So she, when she got in the room with um, the cartoon um, creator, Matt Groening, she did the audition for Lisa, but then actually asked him, I'd actually really rather audition for Bart. I think um, he would be a more interesting and fun character. And he let her do it, and then she got the gig straight away. And um, <clears throat> that really um, inspires me to think that she went in and just sort of flippantly was like, I'm going to audition for this male character. Uh, especially because Bart is probably the most destructive, wisecracking, pain in the ass, like toxic masculine in a young man figure, um, possibly that we will all know. And, um, you know, I was thinking back to some of those catchphrases that he came up with, I caramba, don't have a cow man, you know, and then he did do the Bart man, that was like massive. And then I researched a little further in, uh, into Eat My Shorts, which actually was something Nancy improvised, oh. as an improvised line that she came up with, that then became like Bart's catchphrase, wow. right? Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm really obsessed with the career that she's had. Um, and like, I mean, she won a primetime Emmy for an outstanding voiceover performance in 1992. And Fox, when, when The Simpsons became its own um, cartoon show and it started to blow up, Fox ordered that she was not allowed to do any interviews or reveal, like, her identity because they didn't want people to know that the character of Bart was played by a woman. <laughs> They just didn't want it. Yeah, it was, yeah, interesting. Um, so anyway, the deeper I went, I found out, and I'm sure this is something probably we've all actually, we'd all know this, but I've never really consciously thought about, which is that a lot of male characters are voiced over by women, like uh, particular ones for me in my childhood, Ash Ketchum, Pokemon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bobby Hill from King of the Hill, uh, pretty much all of the babies in the Rugrats. Um, <laughs> actually, um, Nancy was the voice of Chucky in some situations, Aww. yeah. And Goku on Dragon Ball Z, um, which is one of my favorite, um, <laughs> one of my favorite vocal performances. Um, so yeah, uh, so apparently um, Nancy doesn't speak anything like Bart in real life, and so she's been able to kind of go about and have this. Um, she doesn't get. She loves it. She says like because she doesn't get. Um, 
like uh, nobody stops her in public and goes like, hey, do do your Bart voice because she kind of the person and the voice doesn't resemble Bart whatsoever, which does give me flashbacks to being in what now and walking around with the presenters and all the kids would go in the supermarkets like, hey, Serena, can you give me an autograph? And um, I remember sitting in the background like, I am Red the Mayo Boss <laughs> and you have no idea. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> it might not be super meaningful for some people, but for me it's hugely meaningful. And I know that I do a lot of performances to kids across the country. I was in the New Zealand Playhouse tour as a male character. And I remember little girls always saying to me in the question and answer session at the end, why are you a girl playing a guy? And I would say, did you think that I was funny? And the kids would go, yes. And I would go, that is why I was the part. Mm-hmm. And um, when the Pop-Up Globe announced their season um, mm-hmm. and that it was going to be all-male cast, um, again, um, I started a secret online movement which was encouraging uh, female actors from across the country to dress up as men and do video auditions and drag <laughs> um, before they changed their season rightfully. So I suppose I just wanted to say, uh, like in summary about Nancy Cartwright, she's just a figure for me who really stands for like what I believe is the future of performance and art. Um, which is that, like, who gives a honk about gender? Don't have a cow, man. Let everybody do whatever they're good at. Peace out. Thank you, Emma. I'm going to give that points equal to the number of good Simpsons seasons. (laughs) I look forward to that result. Also, I didn't say this, but do you remember the show Pound Puppies? Yes. Yes. yes, Nancy was a voice in there. Ah. Yeah, I forgot all about it. And then when I was reaching, researching, I was like, Pound Puppies. Mm. I don't remember anything about the show apart from the name, but Pound Puppies. <laughs> what a good show. <laughs> <laughs> I assume. Eight points. You get eight points. Yay, eight. Um, I disagree, but eight. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Moata. Yes. Uh, you have prepared a challenge for the news. Yes, I have. Um... So, uh, my round's called, Who's That Lady? Um, so, uh, yeah, sorry, I just, yeah, wound you. Um, so, uh, women sometimes get described in ways that are not very flattering. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, don't go on the internet, right? Just don't go there. Um, so, what I've done is I've, I've done a bit of research and I've found uh, various descriptions of famous people from women from history mm. and things that we names they were called or things that we phrases they were described. Are, are, they, are they flattering phrases? No. <laughs> okay, I'm, uh, I'm gonna largely go on the side of no. Well, there's at least one sort of nice one in there. Um, and so I'm gonna read them out and you can just ding in if you can guess who the person is and bonus points if you know who said that terrible thing. How, how braced should we be for how depressing oh, this is Oh, there's like, there's one fuck in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. There's no, there's no C word. Okay, okay. But it's depressing. <laughs> depressing. I think that's, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, all right. Let's go for it. Uh, first one. A hyena in petticoats. <laughs> Kate Shepherd. No. Okay. No, um, a clue would be that it is uh, related to this episode, uh, the name of this episode. Oh, Mary Wollstonecraft. Correct. Ooh. 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 <laughs> uh, 
who uh, wrote A Vindication of the Rights of Women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, well, did anybody know who said it? Probably not, I guess. Some um, dick. <laughs> uh, Horace Walpole, the oh my God. Of Castle of Otranto. Which oh, is like the first gothic novel. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, related, A Hurricane in Petticoats. <laughs> Was, was that Mary Wollstonecraft after like shots? <laughs> <laughs> was, I like to imagine it. It's yeah. kind of got a, like a can Was it her daughter, Mary Shelley? It was. Oh my oh, God. God. <laughs> uh, that was uh, Edridge Trelawney, who I, th- I actually think that they were sort of, they sort of knew each other, so that was not so terrible. They'd it was been kind of It was riffing off oh, of that, right. you know, oh. that previous reference. Yeah, Mary Shelley, super right. goth. Another literary one. I want to dig, insert name here, up. And hit her over the skull Ooh. with her own shin bone. I actually know this one. Mark Twain said that about Jane Austen. Excellent. Whoa. Two points for you. Graphic. <laughs> yeah, he was not a fan of Pride and Prejudice. No, he was in particular, not. Or any of her writing, it seems. Which is because she was funnier than. It makes me think less of Mark Twain. Mm. That way. Um, an overfed python. <laughs> <laughs> me on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> leave the pants out a little bit. Any ideas? Mm. It, it's not very indicative, I don't think. It's uh, May West. Oh. oh. By uh, Graham Greene. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's where the Python side of the equation was. <laughs> I understand my smut correctly. Uh, a plumber's idea of Cleopatra. <laughs> That wasn't just someone being real rude about Elizabeth Taylor. No. <laughs> uh, no, that was uh, that was Mae West again. Oh wow! <laughs> it's almost like the but don't like sort of Sexy quite women. strong, sexually <laughs> intimidating women. That was W. C. Fields, by the way. All right, uh, Attila the Hen. <laughs> was that Mae West again? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it wasn't Mae West. That's <laughs> Was it the title of my upcoming animated film? <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Chicken Run, but yeah, it's like yeah, set yeah. in Mongolia. Yeah. yeah. I can write that down for later. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> trademark, trademark, trademark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, think more politician. It's like Margaret Thatcher. Hey. Uh, so that was, uh, any ideas who that was? Oh, everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a Dennis Healy, British Labour Party politician. Um, by the way, I do recommend that you find the Wikipedia page that is titled List of Nicknames of Prime Ministers of the United Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> it is a delight. <laughs> uh, she has the lips of Marilyn Monroe and the eyes of Caligula. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Emma, how do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do we all feel about it? Really? Uh, no. Nope. It's Margaret Thatcher again. Oh. But this time, uh, former French president, Francois Mitterrand. <laughs> Quite the charmer. Yeah, intended as a compliment. Mm. <laughs> he's French, French, who knows? Can you say it in a French accent? Oh, she has the lips of Marilyn Monroe and the eyes of Caligula. <laughs> 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 It does. It does. Sounds, it does. sounds, it does. sounds, it does. sounds like a compliment. Yeah, yeah, less of a boom. Um, that fucking stupid petite bourgeois woman. <laughs> oh, oh. It's Margaret Thatcher again. Oh my god. Really? <laughs> it's almost like people didn't like her. I know. Um, I'm just never going to get that. Oh, I like this one. 
Her opponents have observed that in the event of nuclear war, the two things that will emerge from the rubble are the cockroaches and... Margaret Thatcher. Not Margaret Thatcher this time. <laughs> Helen Clark. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Another famous female politician. Oh. Jenny Shibley? More famous. <laughs> More famous. Margaret Thatcher? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would be, that would be epic. Um, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> What's oh. I don't know who she's been talking to. So the, the quote is, her opponents have observed. So some people, I'm guessing, in the National Party used to say this oh. about Helen Clark. Um, but also a mark of respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They rated her. Um, speaking of rating, sadly, she's no longer a 10. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> How dare you? This, Donald Trump said this, right? Yes. Mm. I don't know who he said it about. It wasn't about his daughter, was it? Oh, God. Because he's awful. Not on this occasion. Was it about Hillary Clinton? <laughs> <laughs> he would never have rated her no, a 10. She had glasses. Unbelievable. Some horribly unattractive, sad woman called Heidi Klum. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, he Cried said, yeah, yeah. that night. He, he, that, he said that in 2015. So by now, she's probably like negative yeah. numbers, yeah. I'm guessing. Um, also, by the way, if you Google... Um, Insults women. The number of pages that come up, Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, not good. Um, a sex-crazed whore who sings of her own wantonness. Margaret Thatcher. Is it some, like, teen Britney Spearsy? Miley Cyrus-y. Yeah. Miley Cyrus. Think further back. Further Madonna. back. Madonna. <laughs> Even further than that. Cheer. No, <laughs> no, no. Like so, Julie Andrews or someone who's actually even older old. than that. Wow, yeah. Shirley Temple. No, even older than that. Oh, there's history that's Cleopatra. <laughs> <laughs> earlier, <laughs> earlier than that, Sappho. Oh. Sappho was called this by some theologian. <laughs> I'd like to see his poetry. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. Um, the most coarse and vulgar woman in England. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> We're all thinking it. <laughs> Adele. <laughs> How dare you? I didn't get points for that. Um, but not correct. But oh, just, okay. I like that answer. Um, I mean, there's just so much choice. Yeah. What are you saying about English women? I'm saying that people are awful to women in England. Yeah, and everywhere. And everywhere. Uh, Ada Lovelace. Oh my oh, god! Oh, mean. The inventor of computer programming. Dance? Too bosomy to wear such clothing. Me. <laughs> Either of us, really. <laughs> More famous than us, though. Uh, <laughs> what era? Um, current. Adele. Oh no, wait, she died. Oh god, I think she died. Oh, <laughs> current, but then. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, it was. Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. Oh, yeah. Really annoying thing about this was this was a woman, New Zealand, New Zealand, New York Post columnist Liz Smith. Um, made that Class comment. Traitor. Was talking yeah. about her bustiers mm. and that she was clearly too possibly to wear them. But you know that's why she's a diva. Um, okay, last one. Uh, Queen bitch of the universe. Me. Oh, Karen, you got to think better about yourself. No, that's a compliment. <laughs> is, that, um, is that more Hillary Clinton type stuff? It might actually be fictional. Oh, it's not real. Oh. It's just a thing mm. for a movie that I like. That Brendan has apparently seen because he's mentioned it already this evening. The xenomorph. (laughs) (laughs) The abyss? Yes! So, um, Lindsay um, from The Abyss is played by uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. James Cameron wrote that film and he based the character of Lindsay on his partner Gail Ann Hurd um, and they were married before The Abyss. They separated during pre-production <laughs> and divorced in February 1989, two months after principal photography of that film. So I'm not they saying They didn't anything. make it across the abyss. <laughs> well, apparently she was queen bitch of the universe. Good for um, her. Mm. All right, that brings us to the end of the round. Round of applause for all our nerves. <laughs> Karen is still in the lead, but I'm not giving up yet. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the underdog, that's all. Um, Ray. The underdog. Hello. <laughs> uh, yes, that is actually accurate. Um, so it's my middle name. Ray, the underdog, Shipley. <laughs> you got two middle names. The yeah, underdog. Comedy goal. You're gonna you're gonna talk to us about uh, something, some homework. Yes, yes, I did some homework. Uh, I just did I just uh, I did some research about a cool person. Um, good. Uh, so and and I've written it like a story. Once upon a time. Uh, no, it doesn't start like that. It just says homework, and I've, under- <laughs> and I've underlined that. Um, right. So uh, so uh, imagine. Uh, if you will, that it's 1809. You're all there? Good. Uh, so uh, so um, we, we see a teenager getting on a train with their mother and um, arriving in Edinburgh to study at medical school. Um, and this kid is, uh, is intelligent and uh, clever, that's the same thing, uh, and has been, um, so, and is also very lucky because they've had, they have this like famous artist uncle, lucky, uh, and and and, his uncle, and their uncle's got like some quite liberal-minded friends, um, which is very useful um, because this ki- this kid's in quite an odd situation, right? So, um, but the famous artist's uncle has just died, and luckily, lucky for them, they've got this uh, some some money that they've been left with, um, and this odd opportunity, which is that um, uh, there's there's an opportunity to pass off as someone that they might not actually be. Uh, so so what happened was. Uh, the kid gets on the train, um, and their name is Margaret Ann Bulkley, but um, who who was a girl that was raised in Ireland um, at a time where like formal education for women was still fairly unheard of, and becoming a medical professional was like fucking impossible. Um, so Margaret gets on this train, and then uh, leaves the train with her uncle's name, uh, James Barry. Uh, and and passed off as like a nephew of the artist of the same name who's just died. Oh no! Uh, to enrol in medical school, clever. Um, 
And so he begins to refer to his mother as his aunt in all correspondence to, to keep the story going. Um, and one of the only pieces of evidence that, like, connects these two people um, or, like, connects them as being the same person is that um, James Barry wrote a letter to his solicitor and where the solicitor has just written on the envelope, Miss but Bulkley in, like, little brackets, like... <laughs> Rude. Yeah, <laughs> just... Um, so, so James Barry attends the University of Edinburgh Medical School, um, but uh, suspicions start flying almost immediately, but not for the reason you might imagine. Um, everyone just is convinced that Barry's cheated the system and has somehow been admitted to the university even though he's too young. Because <laughs> <laughs> of his smooth face. <laughs> But, um, and the university even tried to block him from sitting his final exams, uh, but but due due in part to like the connections uh, that his his uh, late uncle had and like um, Barry's like staunch insistence that he was absolutely in the right place. Um, he qualified as a doctor in eighteen twelve, and then the next year successfully passed the examination of the Royal College of Surgeons of England. Um, and this, and then, and then started this really long career with the British Army. Um, first as a hospital assistant, and then as an assistant surgeon, and then as a medical inspector. So, like, really rose up the ranks quite fast. Um, his long career with the army was not without scandal, though. Um, he was known for being brash and rude and quick to anger. Um, there are stories of him like throwing medicine bottles around and also just challenging men to duels. <laughs> and also just like violently arguing with colleagues quite a lot. And at, at certain points in his career, he was arrested and or demoted um, for conduct unbecoming of the character of an officer and a gentleman. <laughs> And also, fairly early in his career, he was posted in Cape Town, um, and there was lots of rumours circulating about the nature of his relationship with the governor of Cape Town, who was called Lord Charles, um, and someone hung up a poster suggesting that Lord Charles was buggering Dr. Barry. <laughs> and, and then a whole commission was set up to investigate the scandal, but then was not pressed much further and both were exonerated. <laughs> that's how it happens when you're rich. Um, and, and then finally, Dr. James Barry retired in London, where he died at age 75-ish. Uh, no one was quite sure when his birthday is, given all of the like age-related confusion when he was at university. He changed, changed his birth year a lot so that it, it, so that he maintained the young thing for as long as possible. Um, and he had been requ he requested to be buried in the clothes he died in without his body being washed. Um, but then these wishes weren't respected. So the nurse preparing his body for burial discovered female anatomy. Um, along with suggestions that Barry had a child at a very young age. Um, and this news got out, but the doctor who signed the death, death certificate was pretty chill and just put male as the gender marker and said in a letter that it was none of his business whether Dr. Barry was male or female. Yes. Um, however, the British Army panicked a bit and sealed all records of Barry for the next 100 years. <laughs> But they still buried him as James Barry with his, uh, under that name and with full military rank, which is cool. 
Um, uh, but the thing I find most interesting about James Barry is that um, he's caused like a lot of confusion for historians even like to this day because um, there's like two schools of thought about it and I guess there's no way of really proving what was going on. So some historians insist that Barry identified um, as a woman for their whole career. Um, and was forced to pretend to be a man because gender roles at the time made following the career they wanted an impossibility. Um, so one recent biography even uses like she, her pronouns for Barry throughout his career, even though everyone, like any like primary resources were all calling him him. Um, and some people think that Margaret intended on discarding this persona at some point, but just never found the right time for, <laughs> for 75 years. <laughs> And then, um, and then some people, uh, and, and people suggested that like the anger that he demonstrated throughout his career was like very performative. Like that's what he, that's what Margaret thought that men acted like, and so it was like, I'll be as angry as possible. You, a jewel. Um, <laughs> And then other people reckon that the best word to describe Barry is transgender and that he was a transgender man long before we had the language to understand that. Um, so whatever the case, I think it's important on International Women's Day to celebrate people and identities that deviate from the status quo and challenge gender roles and question norms, etc. Um, I think Barry sounds like he could have been a bit of a dick, um, but, <laughs> but he lived dangerously so that he could live a life that he wanted, and I think that's kind of badass. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I was just reading that he uh, also performed one of the first successful caesarean section operations. Yeah, it, well, as a white person. Like oh, I really? think, well, I oh. think I was reading something. No, don't worry. No, uh, that was wrong. Okay, this, I did we'll, we'll do that in the next one. We'll do that. Yeah. We'll think about that, and I'll do a bit of research before I say things. <laughs> I'm going to give you. Oh, look, yes. Someone in the audience reckons I'm right. And I believe them. <laughs> so do I. You get a point. You get a point. You get a, the audience, audience gets a point. Write it down, Brendan. No, because then, then if I give you a point, you're in last place. Uh, <laughs> is, is, it, is, it, do you, is it better just to not play the game? Do you win or lose? Or not give her 100 play? points. Point. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> One uh, for every tampon I need for a week. <laughs> uh, Ray, I'm going to give you points equal to the years that the authorities thought that Barry was old oh. when he was at medical school, <laughs> and they thought that he was 12. <laughs> wow! Oh, yeah. Which is impressive in a lot of ways. Okay, um, let's see. Emma. Hi. You've got a challenge for the other Oh, one. yeah, it's real stupid. <laughs> um, I have in my hot little hand some lyrics from some famous songs that were um, performed and or written by famous women or female bands. So I will be dramatically reading these lyrics. <laughs> and what I would like is I would like the other nerds uh, to ding the bell when they know the name of the song and um, maybe who performed it. And um, special points, Brendan, you can pick the special points uh, for if people can sing a wee bit. Can okay. you read them in the mailbot voice? No. <laughs> <laughs> I considered it for a second there. Could you see me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great idea, Serena. <laughs> Not a good idea. Okay, cool. All right. Um, okay. 
I'm going to start with one I think that's reasonably easy, but I'm sure you'll surprise me. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Uh. Just put your paws up because you were born this way, baby. Oh, you put your hand up first. No, I put my oh, little monster claws Lady up. Lady Gaga. My Gaga claws up. And the song is called? Born, Born this, this way. Born this Very way. good. And it right. sounds like? <laughs> exactly like yeah. that. Yeah, I, guess, I guess I have to give you points for this one. Yes, thank you. Couldn't help myself. Okay. Colour me your colour, baby. Colour me your car. Colour me your colour, darling. I know who you are. This is like proper speech and drama shit. <laughs> Come up off your colour chart. I know where you're coming from. It's Bondi, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> What's the song called? Call me. Call me. Yes, very good, very good. Okay. Okay. Okay, good, good. All right. Bring the beat in. <laughs> honey, honey, I can see the stars all the way from here. Can't you see the glow on the window pane? I can feel the sun whenever you're near. Every time you touch me, I just melt away. Now, everybody ask me why, why I'm smiling out from ear to ear. They say love hurts. But I know it's going to take the real work. Nothing's perfect, but it's worth it after fighting through my tears. I'm just really enjoying it. And finally, you put me first. Baby, it's you. You're the one I love. You're the one I need. Are we really not? No. <laughs> Okay, I'll skip oh, this. There's a lot of people in the audience who have heard this. Well, I'll go on, audience. Beyonce! And give us a little what? bit. I didn't hear that. Beyonce. Give us oh, a little Beyonce. bit. Okay, okay. okay I'm going gonna, gonna to add all of the audience scores together. Thank you. <laughs> That's very good. I've got two more. Clock strikes upon the hour oh my gosh. <laughs> and the sun begins to fade. Still enough time to figure out how to chase my blues away. Okay. Um, oh God, I want to dance with someone by um, Whitney Houston. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. And then in brackets, who loves me? Whitney Houston. Oh, sorry. Well done, well done, well done. Very good, very good. Um, I actually lied, I've got two more. <laughs> I'm a liar. But they're good, so it's good. Candlelight and sold forever, a dream of you and me together. Say you believe it. Say you believe it. Free your mind of doubt and danger. Be for be real. real. Don't be a stranger. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Oh, yeah.
I don't know if I can oh, no, beat that. Oh, that was the spice skills, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's the spice skills. Tobacum one. It is. Uh, There's one more, the... but I don't know if we can beat that last one. Do it. Ooh, Do it. Okay. DJ, please, pick up your phone. I'm on the request line. Oh. Oh. I'm on the request line. <laughs> <laughs> you see, right? Don't keep going. You're the academic. Please. Don't keep going. This is a Missy Elliott one-time exclusive. Come on. Is it worth it? <laughs> Let me work it. I put my name down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> Do this next bit, though. Yeah. It's, you know, flipping, nipping, fling, yep. <laughs> <laughs> than I expected. Um, okay. Are you okay? That two become one really good. <laughs> I've resisted for so long. Um, all right, uh, we have time for, for one more thing. Erin. Kia ora, Brendan. Um, I've written a poem. Uh, I have also taken extensive liberties with rhyme and metre. Um, <laughs> It is an adversary, an ABC poem, because uh, we only have one day international women, uh, so we need to um, make the absolute most of it. Um, I might have to explain some of my rhyme schemes as we go as well, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> Angela Davis wrote about class and race. Beatrice Tinsley found cool stuff in space. Carol Churchill wrote plays for top women which is a reference to a really good play called Top Girls that you should probably read and that we used to teach at the University of Canterbury. Mm -hmm. uh, Dorothy Parker could slay with the flick of her pen. Elizabeth Warren wants to take down the Don. Frida Kahlo's murals were perfectly drawn. <laughs> Gloria Steinem said, We shall overcome. The ancient Hypatia did complex sums. Iriaka Ratana was a pioneering MP. Janelle Monet is going to marry me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> dibs. Um, <laughs> Kerry Hume won New Zealand's first Booker Prize. Laverne Cox made it to the cover of Time. Mera Tamita was a pioneer who decolonised our screen. Florence Nightingale understood the importance of good hygiene. <laughs> Eliz uh, no, we were yet. Uh, there we go. Olivia Coleman is better than users. <laughs> Sylvia Platt's poetry was way better than Ted Hughes's. <laughs> Susie Quattro said, base gets you in the groin. Rosalind Franklin discovered how helixes join. Uh, Simone de Beauvoir was a feminist sensation. Tarana Burke sparked a wave of condemnation. Cigarette uh, Undest was one of Norway's greatest writers. Virginia Woolf said, give us room, and if not, we'll fight you. <laughs> Dame Fena Cooper marched for land and for people. Yoko Ono was an amazing artist and creative in her own right who definitely didn't break up the Beatles. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I've left X and Z, the variables, right at the bottom to act as placeholders for all those lost and forgotten because women don't get enough credit and are regularly eradicated from the historical record, both out of malice and ignorance. And if we've just got one day, then I'm jamming in as much as I can. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. I'm going to give that points equal to the number of films in Janelle Monet's filmography. Eight points. <laughs> also, she was in Stargate. 
Really? Oh my gosh, gosh, I love that's, that. that's an amazing nerd fact. As, yeah. as, as herself. Wow. I don't, I, I don't know. It's just on IMDb. Um, I'm going to need to go back and rewatch all 28 seasons. <laughs> um, all right, okay, so I just need a moment to uh, add up the scores. Um, is there anything that you would like to uh, share with the audience while I'm doing that? Thank you for coming. We can't really see you because the light is like right here, but... Oh, you are beautiful. What you, what you, should, amazing. What you should do, though, is um, head up to the New Zealand International Comedy Fest yes. mm. where you can hear Ray Shipley do their comedy hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give us some promo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Enthusiastic promo. Oh, yeah. Hello. Uh, uh, my name is Ray Shipley. Uh, I'm doing a show in the, in the New Zealand International Comedy Festival called All This Crying Is Making Me Hungry, which is a hard title to say with enthusiasm. Um, and it'll be real fun. Uh, so if you find yourself up Wellington or Auckland Way in uh, May, you should check that out in the huge lineup of comedy that's happening in May. Cool. And we've seen a sneak peek and it's real good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay, well, that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, we just need to say thank you to a few uh, other people. Um, thank you to Orange Studios for hosting us. Um, thank you to uh, Michael Bell uh, and uh, Charlotte Crone, who have been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work on this. Can we give them a round of applause? <laughs> Uh, I would like to say thank you to all of our performers, Erin Harrington, <laughs> Ray Shipley, <laughs> Karen Ely, Matakamaira, <laughs> and our winner for tonight, winning the Big Fall <laughs> 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 <laughs>